Welcome. Season two of Man's Search for Muscle. It's kind of great to be back. I, I wasn't gone for that long from it. But I'm happy to be back. And this episode seems appropriate to talk about New Year's resolutions. Since I talk a lot about goals and things, that is pretty... Uh, similar type topic. One of the kind of interesting things about resolutions is that there's been some studies to suggest that sharing your resolutions or your goals with other people actually can decrease the likelihood that you'll accomplish them. So I will be taking that into consideration and being as general as I can when sharing my own with you. Because I do actually have resolutions and goals regarding this very podcast. So, again, to keep it pretty high level, I'm just going to say that it's to improve upon it. Because I like improving upon every aspect of my life, and certainly this podcast is one of them. Generally speaking, I like to... Well, see, I'm not a huge fan of New Year's resolutions. And maybe that's because I'm constantly creating goals and refining them. And to limit it to New Year's seems a bit... Unnecessary, I think. I mean, if it's if it gives you a, a reason to create goals, then all the power to you. But I don't think it's very helpful to beat yourself up if you don't accomplish them. So some of my goals involve, well, I'll say to elaborate on what I was saying before about this podcast specifically, I'll just bring you quickly up to date here. So while I've taken a break from doing the podcast, it's only been a couple of weeks, like I say, I've been doing a lot of learning. And learning more is one of my resolutions, even though I'm, I'm pretty good about, you know, learning new information. Still, I think I can do better. So I want to learn more information. Now, some of the information I've been learning about the past few weeks have been kinesiology, body mechanics, and neurology, or I guess neuroscience. I've been interested in how the mind works, how the brain works, both from a physical standpoint and as and the psychological processes we go through. So I've got some really in-depth, I say in-depth, but they're not really that in-depth, some ideas going forward about some of the upcoming episodes that will discuss some of that stuff that I've been learning about and trying to bring them all together into a method that can make it practical. So that that's going to be fun. One of the other things I did, and I mentioned before I want to improve upon this podcast, I've been re-listening to some of the ones from season one. 
And that's been a really great process because for me, I learn a lot of things about myself and I relearn things and I remind myself and those, even for me, I find going through some of that old stuff, sometimes these pieces, these things strike you in a brand new way. I love that phenomenon that sometimes we can learn something or read something or hear something and either we don't fully appreciate it or we think, yeah, that, that kind of sounds true, but maybe it doesn't quite strike us. And then we hear it again later and then suddenly a light goes off. We have this aha moment where things start clicking and we realize how this can be useful in our lives. So going through the older podcasts, I find has been extremely helpful in doing that for me personally. I've also created some resolutions in terms of, well, health and wealth. Those are pretty common ones. Also, at the top of my list is my family. The things I want to approve upon in terms of my family. And I want to work towards being a more capable mentor for my kids. And to be honest, I'm not 100% sure how to approach that. It is certainly a goal, though. And hopefully the things I need to learn to improve in that specific area come to me. I, My girlfriend gave me a very cool gift for Christmas. And that is going to play into my resolutions as well. She gave me a wedding proposal. And it was very cool how she did it, too. It was so cute and romantic. Because the thing is, after her divorce, she was a little bit jaded towards the concept of remarrying. Now, I've been farther removed from being divorced, so... And my outlook was always a little bit different. I, I never really begrudged the concept of marriage. I just kind of thought that me and my ex-wife were not suited to a long-term uh, commitment to each other. I'll just leave it at that. So, so knowing that Nancy, my cur current girlfriend, was not in a place where she would want to think about marriage, the the idea of us getting married almost had to come from her, and it did. What she did, I, I don't know how much she'll appreciate me talking about this, but I'm going to just talk about it a little bit anyway because it was so sweet how she did it. What she did was she gave me a box with a heart-shaped photograph on the top. It, in it, it had a frame. Inside the box was 40-some little notes, love notes, reminding us, reminding me of things that we'd been through over the past uh, year and a half or so that we've been together. And the 
some of the, some of the things we've done together, some of the things that she loves about us. There was each and every one had a different little note, and it was very cute. And then on the back, each of them had they were numbered, and there was a letter on it. But when I put together the numbers sequentially, they it didn't. It was just jumbled up letters. It didn't amount to anything, and that's because it was a coded message. And in order to find the key for it, that was, there was another clue I had to follow to get the actual key to decipher or, or decode this message. And what the message wound up being was the marriage proposal. So it was, it was a really sweet way for her to do it and so perfect for us because it, it had that element of fun and sweetness and and humor even in it. So all this to say that one of my resolutions for this year is to actually take her up on that proposal and for us to get married. And as well as I mentioned a couple of seconds ago, being a better mentor for my kids... My daughter just got her license, so I have to teach her how to drive. And, yeah, and like I said, there's also, I, I look at it from the health and wealth. I took detailed notes on where my current finances are in terms of, you know, what do I have to pay off? What is my debt? what are my debts at this moment in time versus what are my savings up till this point in time so that I have a baseline. And as we, as I move on throughout the year, I'll have this to look back on and say, okay, how am I doing in terms of that resolution? The same with my health and fitness goals is I want to achieve a certain level of leanness and be able to maintain that because one of my problems has always been I can get lean definitely I'll work hard and I'll cut and I'll get even if I don't get exactly where my target was I'll get pretty close the trouble is I can't maintain it all right I haven't been able to maintain it I'll put it that way so this is one of my goals is to get down to a good leanness where I'm comfortable and try to maintain that. So I heard something interesting today that probably ties into that, uh, this whole thing. I, I think it was a discovery by a, was it a Russian psychologist? I can't remember who exactly it was, but the idea is that as we move towards a goal, obstacles are going to appear along the way. And we have choices of how to deal with these obstacles. Of course, we can try to avoid them. We can face them head on. We can be discouraged by them. There's all kinds of choices we can have. The tendencies, initially at least, are to become either upset by them, frustrated by them. 
have self-doubts because of them. Like doubt ourselves and our abilities. And even become a little bit vengeful. Sometimes I think we fall into the trap of instead of wanting to make ourselves better, we want to change the world to conform to us. Which is a pre pretty big thing to take on, but it also makes your problems everybody else's problems. And I think I fall into this trap a little bit too. One of the topics that I'm going to be talking about this season is fatherhood and how how passionate I am about that topic and how disheartened I am by the state of things. I've started writing a lengthy essay about that and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to deliver it on this podcast. But the my point on that is that I've noticed that I fall into that as well wanting to fix the world, wanting to know what little step I can do to help with what I see as a huge societal problem. And I asked myself, what can I do about this? And the obvious answer is start with yourself. Make Make yourself as good as you can be in this. Become a mentor. Share. And share in a way that is compassionate. And I say this because another thing that I, I've been noticing I had one of these epiphanies, one of these aha moments while thinking about ways that we can bring more harmony to the world. And what I, what I observed is that there's a huge tendency today for people to make character attacks, for people to say, well, if you don't agree with me, then that makes you a bigot of some kind or another. It depends. Whatever the subject happens to be, this is the tendency. More and more we're seeing people are making character attacks on anyone who doesn't agree with them. And this creates a huge problem. Aside from creating more tension between two sides... It makes it very difficult for you to come back from that. Because, I'll, uh, and I'll give you an example. Maybe this will help. The, I started getting to thinking about this when I was watching a discussion about affirmative action. And it was really interesting to see the responses of people. Because... It started out with people saying that if you support affirmative action or 
sorry, I got that wrong. If you don't support affirmative action, then you're a racist. Now, the people saying that obviously couldn't come back from that because when the person on the other side made the, and, and he had um, data to support this, said, well, what if it's been bad for the very people it's been trying to help? And he demonstrated how it was, how affirmative action in colleges actually hurt has been hurting the black community because enrollment has actually decreased and you're giving them impossible odds because if you're accepting people in because of their race rather than because of their abilities or credentials, first of all, what you're doing is you're creating more racism doing that. But aside from that little Thing, what you're doing is you're giving people impossible standards to live up to because if they're, they don't meet the minimum requirements, then what do you get? Well, it seems that what you get is a higher dropout rate or failure flunk out rate. And then people will get to say the bar exam for being a lawyer who got in via affirmative action and then not making it, not passing it, not because they didn't, they, they got in without proper merit. And then there's another side to it where I know I'm blabbing on about affirmative action. That wasn't the point here. There was another side of it. And I saw that I just found interesting where the students who did the say black students who did get in based on merit were then left to wonder, did I get in on merit? Was I good enough? Or am I just getting squeezed in here? And not only are they thinking that, what about the students around them? That How are they viewing them? So again, you're just creating more tension between the races. So anyway, he, all, this, all this stuff was brought into the discussion, but the people who said it was racist, even though all evidence now that they're learning suggests that his views weren't racist, well, if they agree with him now, they are accepting that by their own terms, they are racist. That's my point. So this idea of character attacks, it kind of locks you into a mode of thinking that's very hard to backtrack out of. I mean, you can, but it requires a lot of humility. And the problem is that if you're attacking people, if that's your first mode of of um, facing a diverse, a different world view, then you probably don't have the humility to back down from that. At least not yet. So it makes learning of any kind very, very difficult. It makes it makes growing your own character very difficult. So it's a trend that I really, really don't like. As far as how to address that, going on what I was saying before, I think we always have to start with ourselves. Now, sometimes, and sorry, and, and I think where I was going with that was also that 
it's much more helpful to approach these areas of differences with a sense of understanding, trying to genuinely understand the other person's point and their worldview and agreeing where there are points of agreement and making your point without attacking them. Now, I know this is harder than it sounds, especially when you're dealing with some people who are more emotionally passionate about a particular subject than they are reasonably passionate. And what tends to happen is that they will engage in character attacks when they don't have any rational leg to stand on. It might be helpful to, in a non-combative way, let someone know when they're engaged in this and try not to take it personally because usually that's the case. When someone attacks our character, calls us a bigot or something when we're clearly not, then it might be helpful to point out that, like I say, in a non-combative way, that what they're doing isn't helpful to them, to their cause, or to this, to moving this discussion forward. Actually, Nancy and I were talking about this very thing, um, because when I started thinking about this, I brought it up to her, and she often likes examples, so the quickest thing I could think of was the ongoing gun debate in the U.S., which we don't really have so much here in Canada because we don't have the same kind of gun culture. So it's pretty cut and dry, which makes it a difficult thing for a lot of Canadians to understand. And quite frankly, I didn't understand it until I had to actively pursue it. Because since we don't have such a gun culture here, it seems it was hard for me to wrap my mind around the concept of, well, why do you need a gun? And so I had to really listen with an open mind to someone explaining why they really need a gun to get it. Fortunately, in this case, I was able to do so with a mind to learning it, not with a mind to saying, okay, you're wrong from the beginning and you're a bigot. And what we're seeing in this debate is one side saying, doing character attacks, saying, you want to steal our guns, you don't want us to be able to protect ourselves, you don't respect the Constitution, none of which is true. And then you have another side saying, you want your guns, so that means that you are in favor of school shootings and you just don't care. You don't, it's, you don't see it a problem that kids are getting shot up in schools, which is also horse shit. That is not their viewpoint at all. In fact, quite the opposite. So you have, what the real problem is, is you have two sides that see a problem, such as school shootings. They both see it as a problem. And where there's a point of contention is how to solve it. But instead of realizing that, the two sides are locked into these character attacks saying that neither side really cares about the actual problem or they don't acknowledge it as a problem. Well, this doesn't help the discussion move forward. 
you could say the same thing about abortion. The two sides are not uh, are so engaged in character attacks on of on the the side opposing their views that they're not moving the discussion any further. So maybe it would be helpful for us to be aware when this is happening, try to not take it personally, and do our best to express to other people when they're doing this in a way that won't get their defenses up, that they're not helping the process by doing this. That way we can help educate. I don't know. I'm rambling here. This, was, this wasn't what this, this episode was supposed to be about at all. This was intended to be just a discussion about New Year's resolutions and look where I got. But that's the fun of this podcast is that it does sometimes wind up in uncharted territory because I like to, for the most part, go unscripted and talk my way through ideas and learn about them and expand upon them. That being said, some of the ideas, like I mentioned, that are coming up this season... I have written down a lot of points about because partly it's so com so, so complex I kind of want to get it right. For example, I'm going to when I'm talking about linking our neurological biology to uh to to our motivations and our emotions and those kind of things. It's fairly new to me a lot of it and it's extremely complex. So I want to get it right, and I want to try to present it in a way that is easy to comprehend. So some of these things, and there's of course points I don't want to miss. So a lot of these things, yes, I I created some notes, some bullet point notes that I want to hit. And in some cases, there there are full-on paragraphs that I want to read to you just so I get it right. So there is some planning going in, but the basic format and the idea of this from the beginning, uh, if you've listened to the first season, you know this, is to explore ideas, to go into a little bit of the unknown and try to find my way through it. So that's where this episode wound up, is, is talking about challenges in communication. And I have to say, communication is an extremely fascinating topic to me. It was probably one of the topics I started studying before any others in terms of personal improvement was I wanted to know how to communicate better with people. And it's an ongoing thing because I saw it as a point of weakness. And I know it's still an ongoing challenge for me is talking to people in a way that is concise in a way that gets my point across effectively and helps me to be heard. It's it's difficult to do, and the more difficult the topic, the more difficult communication can be. And I know, I know I still have a long way to go in that, That's probably one of my New Year's resolutions as well. In fact, I'm going to write that down once I'm done here. See, look, I already found a new thing is is improve my communication skills. 
try to be, try to express my, because I know when I'm passionate about something, I sometimes fall into that trap of becoming a little bit belligerent about it, or at least defensive. And maybe that's somewhere that I can be better. Because it doesn't really help much once you get into that mode. I think I've rambled enough here. Hopefully I've left you with something useful. And I'm looking forward to all these things I'll be talking about in Season 2. Until next time, see you later.